0: Welcome to the haunted hacker podcast number i don't know scott pick a number
1: 42 42 okay this would be nice it's nice and low i mean it it could be it could be podcast you know what we could do we could call it podcast 066 as in order 66
0: let's do that i'm down with that okay 066 down all right um news i don't have a lot of news uh very little to no news Um, future speaking engagements I'll probably be speaking for ICE uh, coming up in October uh, and also the London Met Police and um, Cyprus and so on and so forth Um, so if you're watching a podcast and you're looking to send a speaker request the email is haunted at thehauntedhacker.com so today we have Scott Lyons on uh, old school hacker uh, goes by the hand of Casper um, Scott, why don't you introduce yourself for those people
1: who have been living under a rock and don't know who you are already? Sure. Thanks for having me on, Mike. Uh, hi, everybody. Uh, Scott Lyons here. Uh, my hacker handle is Casper. I've been in this industry for well over 25 years. Jesus, old. We're both old. Um, I've done a lot of work all over the place from Fed to commercial to uh, uh, freelance, right? Uh, for the last couple of years, I've been running a company called Red Lion. You can find us at redlion.io. Uh, I'm also one of the co-hosts of Security and Compliance Weekly, have to give that a plug as well, uh, where we actually make compliance sexy again. And I know to borrow the term or phrase, but you know it is what it is. So uh, a lot of the work that I have been doing lately has been towards helping companies, helping people understand what the basics of information security are. What we see from a services perspective is that there are a lot of businesses that are out there that want to be protected but don't know how to be protected because they're so focused on sales and marketing that they don't have time to really understand what that posture looks like so a lot of the work has been really helping people navigate what is information security you know we've been in this industry for so damn long at this point being able to have that clear vision and clear value of being able to put security towards a uh uh, you know capex or an opex for a lot of businesses has really really helped a lot of people and i'm talking about companies big and small Mm. you know everybody has the same problem what the real systemic issue is that we need to start teaching our kids and our relatives what security means, what security looks like, and how to stay safe in a digital, you know, with a digital footprint. So, yeah. Yeah,
0: totally. Totally. And we also need to teach CISOs that every once in a while, too.
1: <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because in the industry, we refer to CISOs a lot as the chief scapegoat. Mm. And it really sucks being in that position. You know, you're given a budget, you're told to secure a, an environment, and then your hands are tied by either the the CEO, the CFO, or the board. Mm -hmm. Uh, or the people underneath of you. So it really needs to be a uh, both top-down and bottom-up approach, right? To be able to prop up a CISO correctly. It's just, there's so many good CISOs that are out there that fight the good fight. And then at the end of the day, if the company gets popped, they're the ones who are getting shit canned.
0: Yeah, I see that all the time, especially when you do incident response. You know, you get somebody you know, makes a a small mistake or doesn't have a budget for, you know, a specific application. Next thing you know, they're on the chopping block for cause.
1: Yeah. Um, And a lot of the problem that we're seeing as well is that C-level execs in general are putting a lot of money towards tools versus actually buying people. And you know what I mean by buying people? What what I'm saying is paying for people, mm -hmm. right? And building process you know, on, uh, SCW security and compliance weekly, we actually had somebody that said something smart, build the process, then buy the tool, you know, uh, and it's sort of a reverse of what we're seeing in market space now, you know, with XDR out there and, um, uh, zero trust and all the other models that you want to throw at something. If a company's not willing to spend at the end of the day to protect themselves, what can we actually do? Exactly. And I mean, when you, it's one of those catch 22 hard points that we have a problem with. Exactly.
0: And then when you look at, you know, companies that might not necessarily have the budget to hire a bunch of analysts, they're going straight for the bells and whistles, right? They're, they're thinking that an application is going to take over what an analyst can do and do a better job. So they go after mm-hmm. the shiny stuff. And dark is a great application if you need dark Mm-hmm. But the problem is these people, these CISOs and these groups that are buying Trace and other applications and platforms aren't even patching correctly. So, mm-hmm. you know, save some money, buy the right people, get the process down and start from the basics, you know. Yeah. And don't just,
1: just buy the people that are directly out of college either. I mean, okay. there may be some diamonds in the rough there, but they're still rough. You know, you need the experienced people who have been in these businesses for long enough to understand Architecture versus security versus protection profile versus policies and procedures, you know, bringing somebody in directly from college, sure, they may be cheap as dirt, you know, at some points, but they're not going to have the requisite skills uh, that a seasoned veteran would have that has been through the the fire and brimstone of working inside of these organizations. You know, don't just think that, hey, you know, somebody fresh out of college is going to solve all my problems. Well, unfortunately, they're not you know, there's a big gap between what's going on in the industry versus what's coming out of colleges. And we've been trying to diagnose this gap for a very long time. And that comes down to the practical application of the skills. It's one thing to learn defense against the dark arts, mm-hmm. right? But it's something completely different to actually apply it.
0: Right. And it's it's completely different than reading about attacks and, you know, lessons learned or you know historical mm-hmm. documentation and actually have to be behind a console when that attack occurred. I remember when Titan Rain hit um, the military and I was working at USGFCOM. That was the first experience I had with an APT attack. And back then we didn't even call them APT attacks. Um, it's it's a lot different. The the speed at which you have to react and have to analyze and think on your feet is totally different than what you read in a college book or or you see mm-hmm. in a in a like a imitated simulation Mm -hmm. Um, so when we talk about industry man we've both been in industry for forever yeah Um, you know you've been a goon at defcon for how many years now
1: uh i'm going into my ninth year as a defcon goon uh i've also worked a whole bunch of different uh security conferences so if you see me at a con you know stop over say hi Uh, it gets to a point where you don't even have to sign up you're just voluntold Mm -hmm. you know uh um, but working conferences has really opened a lot of doors and if you're on the fence about going to a conference definitely go you know go for the networking go for the the memories don't just go Mm -hmm. for the talks you know talks are great but talks are also you can see them on you can see them online like iron geek adrian crenshaw Mm -hmm. uh does a wonderful wonderful job of trying to record as many talks as possible and put them up on his site you know, definitely go check out, uh, uh Adrian's stuff, you know, yeah. uh, recently I just went to Gurkhan, uh, out in Grand Rapids, small little conference. It was How definitely was refreshing, dude. It was insanely cr- incredible. Uh, um, definitely refreshing to be able to see a lot of the industry family after this damn pandemic has just screwed everything up, yeah. you know? Uh, And to be able to sit back and trade stories of, you know, the, the highest of highs and the lowest of lows that have happened over the last year and a half, Mm -hmm. you know, and as you sit back and you start to hear what everybody has been going through, you sit back and you say to yourself, damn, I did that. Yep. That was me. I was in that, I was, I was in that hole. I needed help and I should have reached out, Mm -hmm. you know? instead of just trying to grin and bear and deal with shit as it's been, you know, um, you know, the next one that's, that's coming up for us, uh, is shmoo shmoo shmoocon, right. Uh, we, uh, 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 we refer to trying to get tickets to shmoo as national F five day. Uh, if yeah. you've never heard of it, uh, usually it's about 1400 tickets that go in about seven to eight seconds flat. Mm. Um, you know, F5 as in we're refreshing, waiting for the ticket screen to come up. And then it's just a rat race to get into the queue and try to get everything taken care of. And it's, 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 it's a lot of fun. You blink and you miss it. Uh, But if you can get, if you can grab tickets to Shmoo either as an attendee or as a student, you know, like through Shmoo's a student, definitely check it out. It is one of those sought after go-to conferences put on by uh, Heidi Potter uh, that it's, it's an amazing, amazing time. And it's in DC. Uh, in January, so the first round of tickets go up. I think 14 November at noon at this point. But regardless, go to as many conferences as you can, meet as many as many people as you can. Uh, you know, develop that reputation, and also take a look at the personal brand for for being for being an information security artist versus uh, 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 yourself, right? So you have to you have to be you basically have to split the two brands, right? Um, but by being at conferences, that's how you start that journey, you know? Yeah, absolutely.
0: You know, I, I still remember my first DEF CON and it was so, so many years ago. Um, and that's the, the DEF CON that I met uh, mutual friend, Tom Ryan mm-hmm. and, uh, talk about talk about the talks, right? So I think I may have went to two talks that entire time. And the rest of it was being invited to parties and going to different parties and hanging out with different people. I met so many people, um, all of D, all of uh, DC303, you know, all mm-hmm. those guys, and it just you build that circle and you build that family. And here it is, you know, 20 years later, and I'm working with one of the guys I met at DefCon. You know, it's it's a very small community, and everybody thinks that. You know, cybersecurity is this huge, huge industry. But really, the core people who were there when it started as a young, infantile industry, mm-hmm. there are very few of us left.
1: There are, there are, and that's and that's either happened through attrition, which is natural, right? Like people leave the industry mm-hmm. uh, by people passing. You know, we've had a whole bunch of people uh, uh, pass uh, this past year that are that are industry people, um, or just people that don't want to do information security anymore you know uh but there are definitely uh what i like to commonly refer to as the old guard uh there are a lot of the old guard that are still around that are still willing to uh bend over backwards to help people like pyro out of the 303 uh or sky Dog, uh out of nashville you know uh you meet these people in in uh you, you you know you hold them on a pedestal and then when you meet them that pedestal just grows even bigger you know like uh johnny long right oh uh, yeah yeah you know, the, the original the original google, google hacker hackers. you know and if you get a chance go and take a look at his uh no tech hacking talk from defcon nine nine or I think ten it was like we're yeah. we're in, we're on 20 we're in, we're defcon what 29 at this 29
0: point?
1: yeah uh yeah yeah coming coming into it or going out of it i, I there's been so many defcons mike i just a blur right yeah um you know my first <laughs> one i think was 18 over at the rio right uh and then uh, I came on to the, I came on with, uh, uh, speak ops under PW crack and Proctor and pasties and all those guys, uh, and helped with speak ops and then transitioned over to the swag team, uh, mm. uh, with, uh, uh, Dasha, uh, and, uh, secret, uh, Brian, um, <clears throat> and haven't looked back, you know, you've got to find your fit, mm. you know? so yeah, kinda, it, it was real fun working with speakers but selling swag like that 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 level of chaos if you've ever been in the swag room thursday morning immediately following getting a ticket that amount of chaos like bring it on <laughs> yeah that and uh they used to have
0: Def Con at a different hotel not in what i don't think it was a rio um
1: uh was it uh, the sands was it alexis park it uh,
0: we grew out of that hotel that, that they were having it at there were so many people yeah. there that violated the, the fire code yeah
1: yeah alexis park was the first one and then it moved to the sands and then it went to the rio uh and then for uh uh for the last couple of years it's been with caesars entertainment so yeah. between the the caesars forum paris Bally's um you know the new caesars forum that that they just built was supposed to be this year but you know at at 10, attendees you know, right. roughly 10,000. I, I may be a little bit over on the number, but, uh, you know, there's just no way you can throw that in the forum. So just keep it in Paris Bally's, you know, and like Bally's has its own, holy crap, are you kidding me, uh, history. You know, you want to talk about the Haunted Hacker. Yeah. Wow, uh, Bally's, holy crap. Back in the 80s, uh, it was what, there was a casino, there was a fire on the casino floor, it killed 87 people moving at 20 feet per second. Uh, and fully engulfed the casino floor. Uh, uh, the firefighters who went in to, to battle the blazes, they opened the door, got a backdraft fireball coming out of it. Like it was nuts, right? Wow. Uh, and Bally's, Bally's is uh, allegedly the second most haunted hotel in Vegas. The number one is the Luxor. Luxor, right? yeah. Uh, you know, with Luxor, uh, if you ever have been to Vegas or you want to go and find this on Google Maps, it's actually really, really fascinating uh luxor the 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 theory behind it is that there's always supposed to be two lions Mm. right uh there's only one uh number one number two uh the angles of the elevators uh are completely wrong right number three luxor is sinking into the ground like it's it's fascinating when you look at this stuff right uh and if in paris valleys if you go up to i think it's the 17th floor uh there have been reports of a young child that passed uh, that plays in the hallway, and you can hear them. So, huh, a couple of friends and I, a uh, couple of friends and I went ghost hunting uh, on the 17th floor. Like we, we grabbed an app. Uh, I think it's called Necromancer, and you need an external microphone for it, or an external speaker. Sorry, uh, and you connect your phone in to the speaker, fire up the app, and start asking questions. And I shit you not, we were getting intelligent responses. Wow. Yeah, I
0: don't, I don't doubt it, man. There's a lot of history in Vegas. Like, look at the Flamingo with the Mafia. You know, Flamingo was hot with, with organized crime. Most, most of the yeah, hotels there were, were based from the Mafia, and the Mafia ran them back in the day. Until yeah, was-
1: and the Mafia is still involved. Don't, like, don't, yeah. don't think they're not. Uh, you know, speaking of the Flamingo, they found Bugsy, uh, Bugsy Siegel's uh, getaway car mm-hmm. that was always parked in the bottom. They found it, walled it in so bugsy siegel actual car is still underneath of the flamingo today you know yes. like that that's that's kind of really cool history yeah. you know um I, next time we go out to vegas i totally want to go to the uh the zach baggins museum yes and go go ghost hunting at night that to me just sounds oh so much fun you know yeah. uh, it, being able to see jack of uh, uh murder van like get out of here man you yeah. know uh, the doll collection that's all that's all like relegated with Annabelle uh, uh, yeah like oh man it's yeah. it's amazing you yeah. know and like I don't know about you right but I've had a particular set of experiences that's why don't you
0: why don't you tell us oh about man. the data center experience oh it, yeah, yeah yeah that that's story is exactly so awesome where I was
1: headed <laughs> um so I'm in this data center oh okay you know i'm missing a golden moment let me restart so there i was right um (laughs) uh i was in the data center in richmond uh uh just just outside of richmond virginia uh big data center used to be an xbox uh chip manufacturing facility where you could go from silicon to chip with no human interaction whatsoever very cool very large data center okay Sitting inside the data center. I had, I had machines that were not communicating with me. I don't live anywhere near Richmond. So I had to drive the three hours south to Richmond and, sp- and spend the night. Um, but sitting inside of the data center, I'm sitting there at my, at my, at my rack, right? Uh, machines doing the blinky blink, right? Finally get into the machine after four hours of banging my head on it and having to call somebody, right? Um, I'm feeling great. You know, I'm feeling like I just conquered the, 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 one of the most difficult technical challenges that I've had to conquer in a while, which is, you know, breaking into a blade server with, with, you know, knowing nothing. Um, whew. Uh, so there I am sitting, sitting in front of the, in front of the rack lights are blinking, right? I I pack everything into my bag, right? Now, I'm, I'm on, I'm on cloud nine. I just got into the server. I was able to recover it, you know, get access back to it. Uh, and I go and I close the rack door and I pick up my bag, right. Bag goes over the shoulder, you know, uh, uh, it sits perfectly on my back. Like there's nothing wrong, right? Like the best feelings in the world. Right. And as I'm walking down the racks, right. Not every single rack is full. So you should be able to see through the rack. You know, if you've been in a data center, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, you can easily Google what I'm talking about. And as I'm walking down the data center. The, 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 the cold row of the data center, right? I look to my right and there's somebody on the other side of the rack. Now, at this moment, I knew I was the only person that was in this room. And mind you, this is a massive, massive room full of racks, full of servers, full of secured storage, full of high value stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm walking down the row I look over and there's somebody on the other side of the rack. And I said, Hmm, that's interesting. I had to do a triple take, right? As I'm walking, this person's going lockstep with me. Wait, why can I almost see through that? Oh no, I'm, I'm I'm chugging it down to the end of the rack. I flip around the, the, the aisle over to the hot row and I look. That's awesome. There was No one, I'm, I'm, I, at this point, at this point, I'm losing my shit. That's like, totally awesome. Did I, did I, did I, did I really? We should definitely. I know the weed wasn't weed. that good, man. No, I'm just yeah. messing. Um, <laughs> we should <laughs> do some K2s so, and I head you out know, there. Call up to, uh, call up to the, the, um the guard desk and say, Hey, you know, I need to be let out. Right. And so they let me out and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, did I, did I really, did I really just, what's that? Did I, what did, what did, what, right. Get up to the guard shack and I say to the guard, I said, Hey, can you do me a favor and go back and check the access logs to the room? Right. I didn't say anything guard comes back and goes, you the, really, you've been the only guy that's been in that room for the entire day. I'm like, I totally saw a ghost. I know what I saw. Right. Dude had on a button down shirt with a Kentucky gentleman's hat and blue jeans.
0: That would be disturbing. Did he have a long beard? No. Oh.
1: But I'm like, are you, are you, did that really just, it did? Cool. Right. Awesome. So the next time that, that I go back to this data center, I'm totally taking the, the app with the phone and I'm taking a speaker with me and I'm totally going to do a spirit, se- spirit session uh, uh, inside of the, uh, um, the the facility. And it's, oh, I can't wait to see what happens with it because if that happens again, like, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, you know, and it just, it, it just, it, it's just, it's just, it's wild. You know, you've got that much energy sitting in one place and, you know, we as, people who are trying to decipher right what, what ghosts what ghosts are about you know we sit mm. back and we say well they draw on the energy in the room well there's more than enough energy in these in these data centers like you got to think oh, yeah. on zero watts at this point you know whether it's a a regular data center or it's a mining center you know those mining centers are absolutely massive yep. you know so it's one of those experiences that you will never ever 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 forget
0: oh yeah for sure there's a uh, hotel here in chattanooga um, called the reed house and the reed house is supposed to be haunted and actually they held al capone there before his trial um, nice. in one of the rooms and the the windows actually has has bars on it so he couldn't climb out but in that same room there was somebody there was a woman in the bathtub that got decapitated nice. i know our i know our computer guys and, and our hackers that are watching are like why in the fuck are they talking about this but right. the, it's shit we're into so grin and bear well,
1: you know I, I was i was i was uh uh to share another story if i may uh-huh. uh i was out in san fran for rsa oh uh, man years ago right let's let's go right down the rabbit hole here right uh, Alcatraz. out at rsa right the wife and i are out there and we said to ourselves okay well we got some time to burn right let's go let's 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 go to alcatraz oh yeah Right. Right. Now the initial response is, wait, they actually let you out. Um, (laughs) so we're at, we're at Alcatraz and if you ever get a chance to go, definitely do it. The most surreal thing that you will ever see in your life. Right. I mean, there, there are obviously everybody to each their own with experiences. However, um, is to stand on Broadway, which is the main cell run, right. Stand on Broadway and, listen to the levers being pulled as the doors are opening and go right Mm -hmm. so we're walking around alcatraz and uh i come up through the through the library right now the library is down the way and over so if you're you're you're, if you're looking down broadway right Mm -hmm. the library is three i want to say three two or three rows over out to the exterior wall and then down right Mm -hmm. and I'm coming up through the library, sitting there, you know, doe-eyed, listening to the history of Alcatraz on the headphones that they give you. And I'm standing there, come out of the library, turn around, and I'm reading one of the plaques that's on the wall. And as I'm reading this plaque that's on the wall, out of the corner of my right eye, an orb literally came out out of the jail cell and disappeared into the crowd of people that were standing in front of it. And the cell that, it came out of was the cell where the where the where the uh, uh the correctional officers were, were put in mm-hmm. and killed yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like what
0: Yo, are they you kidding a, me they had a riot or something there and i think uh one of the guards had his shotgun taken away from him and it happened yeah There's... and you
1: can still see the marks of the grenade that was uh that was dropped down into the uh, the middle of the cell blocks yeah you know it's kind of
0: weird too because around the ceiling there's the catwalk is up against the the wall and on the left they have the the library you're talking about and that's where the guard got grabbed was on that row and they took him over to i think it was the same row as the bird man where he was at yeah that's where they killed him but yeah it's interesting history that that uh that prison so I, i usually name all my wi-fi access points after prisons like alcatraz and and uh um, Folsom and and you know just epic prisons you know, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah I mean it, that's a really cool story. I want to go back out to Alcatraz. There's a couple of places and you and I got to
1: go and we got to go ghost hunting for sure,
0: for sure. You know um, I, I watch that all the time. I watch uh, Zach Baggins and um, yeah. You know
1: you, when people talk Omar, about a- on YouTube, Omar Gosh, yeah. Omar Gosh TV, Omar Gosh. If if you guys have never seen Omar and doing his ghost stuff, it, it's definitely well worth it oh for you know? sure uh when we go out to defcon what we should what we really should do is we should post up where uh uh tupac was murdered Ooh. and try and connect and Ooh. you know right there in front of caesars yeah you know yeah uh, i think it's between caesars and caesars and uh um over by the link i think yeah. i think that's where it was
0: well the the new um, new uh suge knight um documentary on Showtime has the exact location or actually they walk through the chain of events on on that night and they show the the street street names and stuff It's pretty chaotic you know just to look at look at that history um but ghost ghost totally intrigued me and not just because of you know the life death you know kind of gray line but also when you think about AI and think about how we're advancing in technology I hope that we hit a point where we're able to see or we're able able to experience those other dimensions that people see.
1: Yeah, and not the dimension that says that AI is nothing but if-then-else statements. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: So yeah, like culture is a big thing when it comes to what we do. Uh, A lot of us have been around together for a very long time. Um, I've seen a lot of people split off, and, and like you said, start something new. Um, watched uh, Ralph Medea start a ticket company, and then went from a ticket company, and now he does tech consulting for Oliver Stone. You know, we have a bunch of guys in the industry that have gone off to do some really fucking amazing shit, uh, really interesting stuff too. Yeah, um,
1: yeah, but- we have, we have, and you know, it, it's it's interesting you know uh you never know what the person next to you is thinking and you mm-hmm. never know what they're gonna do yeah totally. you know and like recently on scw uh we were talking about what is the difference between an activist versus a hacktivist
0: i was starting to watch that episode before we before i got into
1: this um yeah
0: tell us about that episode because i i want kind of a synopsis because i want to watch it later but i want to know what's
1: what's going down uh, well, the, the episode, uh, uh, it, it was, it was, it was, it was really good. Uh, it was, a, it, you know, the episode was a firefight right from the gate, you know, uh, because it was a carryover from insider threat, uh, uh, the insider threat episode that we did two weeks ago. So, you know, a lot of the same sentiment was still in our brains. Uh, and you know, if you go and watch it, you'll see us go point counterpoint and just start arguing with each other. Uh, you know. what it really comes down to is uh motive comes down to uh societal norms it comes down to uh access right uh and it comes down to uh, uh the perspective that one would have against what other people are doing right you know uh um you know like does does anonymous do the right thing that's that's that that is like heavily heavily debated are they doing it the right way again heavily debated you know uh jester let's talk about jester real quick is jester doing the right thing heavily debated yeah you know uh are they are is jester doing it the right way heavily debated who is jester that's
0: highly debated too
1: (laughs) yeah but yeah but even even to that point stay frosty you know yeah yeah so it's it it all comes it all comes down to how do you view the world and how do you view what is right and what is wrong what do you believe and what access do you have to do something about it is there a method for uh, being able to blow a whistle you know uh, one of my w- one of my friends uh, on Twitter is sitting back saying well as a white hat you know we have companies that we try to tell them till we you know till our ears bleed that hey you've got a problem you've got a vulnerability You know, you have records that are exposed, you have sensitive data that's exposed, and companies as white hats don't listen to us. But as soon as a gray hat or a black hat steps in and exploits that, you know, suddenly the sky is falling. And it's news. It it, it comes down to what are people willing to pay for to get the appropriate amount of security. And there is a Pareto curve that takes into account your vertical plus the amount of protection plus your critical infrastructure right there is a pareto curve out there that can tell you how much you need to spend to get you know x amount of security but no matter what we do and no matter what tools we throw at things there's always going to be an insider threat and there's yeah. always especially in today's day and age going to be somebody that doesn't believe what the business is doing and says well fuck you mm-hmm. you know i'm going to steal all of your data and go hack you you or know you-
0: or you're going to have a race to get the, vac- the vaccine in Chinese or other countries trying to steal the recipe or, or, or the combination of chemicals. And- Dude, nation
1: state actors are never going to go away. No, no. They're never going to go away. And the, what it all comes down to is money. Yeah. Where is the money? Who's got the money? You yep. know? Uh, unfortunately, there's not, at least in my own, in my own humble opinion, there's not, enough, uh, there's not enough charity work being done. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, there's not enough turning the leaf over and giving somebody another chance. There's not enough goodwill mm. that's being passed around right now. Now I know it's difficult with with COVID and everything, but hey, you know, if you're watching this podcast, I, I'm pretty damn sure that you know somebody that needs help. Right. You know, reach out to people, and even if they don't need help, just reach out and say hello. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we're all in this together you know and like that's I, i've always been a big subscriber for hackers for charity right okay. um recently we lost uh one of the big proponents in hackers for charity uh um and may, may he may he rest in peace uh but being able to take our skills and give them to charities and nonprofits that can't afford what we do like, like come on man that's that's got good good written all over it that's, that's god's you word know? Yeah. yeah it is it is. And we need to do more of that because guess what? Karma gets passed around and it comes back tenfold, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. whether it's good or it's bad, you yeah. know, uh, I totally agree. we don't have enough people that are asking the golden question, which is in three months, six months, year, three years, five years, how am I going to feel about the decision I'm making? Mm-hmm. You know, we're not, we, we, we don't ask that of ourselves too much because everything we do is bang, bang. You know, we're so used to hyperconvergence and moving at speed and being able to do things at scale that we don't have time to step back and say, am I okay with this? Right. And that leads full circle back to being an activist. Oh yeah. You know, am I okay with what the business is doing or do I need to get out? Or is there an appropriate method to be able to change what's going on for the better?
0: Or it gets to the point where the group as a whole changes direction. And, and at that point in that crossroads, yes, you, you have to ask yourself, Am I okay with, with this mentality? Am I okay with, with this line of ethics? Now, during the pandemic, you know, you're starting to see more and more hacktivist groups popping up mm-hmm. because of the piss poor decisions by some governments, you know, and it's it's there's a huge environmental variable when it comes to hacktivism. And you always see it when we get people that are power hungry or you know, money hungry in the White House. Right, but, get... it's,
1: but 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 hold on, time out because it's not always the White House that's doing it. That's true. That's true. Even though we all say shit rolls uphill when yeah. it comes to governmental decisions, right? Mm. You can't sit back and and say, well, it's all the White House's fault, right? Right. It not everything is the White House's fault. Oh no, definitely know? not. I mean, Arab Spring. It, it, it's all. It all depends on how it's been spun mm-hmm. and what we choose to believe of what we're being told. Go ahead. Right.
0: Right. I mean, if, if you look at like Arab Spring and stuff like that, it wasn't just the White House, but really it's tyrannical actions by by people of power um, and abuse of that power that the hacktivists really go after. It's not so much, you know, they want to make money off your data, you know, because money really was not an object. Mm-hmm. You know, it was more of making a point, you know.
1: Right. But at the same time, the general public's going to look at it as the have versus the have not. You know, sure. I, I'm I'm talking about the other side of the spectrum of, of what you're saying, mm-hmm. right? You know, it, perception is what ninety nine percent of the battle, yep. right? What the eyes, what the eyes here uh, see, and what the ears hear, the 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 brain believes, mm-hmm. right? Um, people are looking at it like, uh, uh, why are they going out and doing this? Sure, they may be shedding light, but there's a better way of doing this, right? Uh, and you know, unfortunately public perception of stuff that's been done in the past has been looked at you know as as a bunch of as a bunch of kids who yeah. are crying about not getting their milk yeah. you know we so it, you know listen that statement may turn a lot of people off but just give me a second here right um there needs to be better diligence for the way that we do things you know the old guard way of doing things is just not cool yeah you know too many people get hurt too often Uh, But at the end of the day, you know, it it just, how do we change things? You know, if not, if not being a hacktivist or an activist, what can we do? And that's an answer that I don't have. You know, what I'm talking about is public perception and how things, how things have been portrayed. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, what I'm talking about is a lot of people believe that there, there are better ways to do things than than what's been done in the past now you know i know your history specifically mm-hmm. right and i'm not in any way shape or form degradating or demeaning it right uh you know i'm just i'm just trying to provide that other side of the coin view oh, yeah. and say okay well if you're going to go one way you have to understand the the the, the, the cause and the effect right. right the counterbalance what does the other side of the spectrum look like mm-hmm. you know in a story there's three sides to every story right your side their side and the truth right somewhere you in the know? middle yeah so okay. you know it's 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 easy to sit back and say well you know orange man bad or you know current 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 potus is is you know has dementia right it, it's easy for people to sit back and start start to classify that but what's really going on in the business world is really what's driving these decisions oh, yeah. right like did you know that um do you know, do you know what the number one export of Afghanistan is? Do you know this? It used to be poppy.
0: It used to be, uh,
1: to make heroin, poppy seeds. Lithium. Yeah. Oh, Lithium. really? Lithium. Did yes. you know that Afghanistan and China signed a $68 billion deal to put a road between Afghanistan yes. and China? That's shocking. You, you did know that. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, did you know that uh, Biden signed an executive order that said half of all cars on the road by 2030 will be electric vehicles.
0: Really? Do you know I wonder, that? I wonder how the oil industry feels about that.
1: Did you know that uh, the 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 uh, the electric car facilities for China have been sitting dormant except the lone security guard for since the beginning of the pandemic? Wow, that's crazy. So where do you see all that going? No clue. I'm just asking questions. Yeah. Did you see this? Did you see it in the media? Because, you know, the Wag the Dog special has definitely been being played lately. Yeah. And, you know, the disinformation and misinformation that's been given to us has been fucking eye opening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Um, when when you look at the relations that Biden and his son had with China, you know, and the connections they have there and how quick we pulled out and how fast the Chinese moved in, mm -hmm. you know, I I can't help it you know,
1: put my tin foil hat on and go,
0: what the fuck's going on? You exactly. Know? <laughs> we exactly. put all these people. What's,
1: what's, what's going on in the background that we don't know about with these big business deals, yeah. you know, that are lining special pockets, like, uh, did you know that, uh, 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 Pelosi is being referred to as the, uh, investment queen in some circles, because every single investment that she's made in the, in the stock market has had massively wild success. She
0: has a lot of hidden influence as well. Exactly. Yeah, And a lot of decisions. I mean, look at like, take cryptocurrency, for example, and the people who have the most power and the most input into that market, they do one thing and the market fluctuates depending on what they do. Elon Musk is a prime example. He dumps a bunch of shit into cryptocurrency. Next thing you know, the price goes up and then he withdraws his shit and doubles his money. But yeah, well they... also
1: remember his his fear of influence reaches mm. much further than sending a penis rocket into space yeah yeah exactly you know yeah. I mean, very true man i saw that i was like wait what yeah <laughs> and it, you know me... but, but but here's the deal like even though we're talking about all of this mm-hmm. you know you and i and i and i think i can speak for you here and you can totally tell me to stfu right? right um you and i subscribe to the theory of don't just buy what we're saying at face value do your own research absolutely 100% you know yeah. uh and I wish that mainstream media would have that disclaimer at the bottom of every news story that they ever run mm. you know don't just believe us do your own research go out and find uh go out and find find a, uh what's going on in the background right you know, you know um,
0: take, take Perot systems for example um I lived right next to Perot's kind of privatized airport and all the shipping and stuff mm-hmm. and i can't count how many times i saw planes take off with no tail numbers yeah but you know what is he doing dabbling in government you know it, it just it, it was really weird how, how things played out with that and with ross perot and then when i got my first uh i was really fresh on the scene and perot systems had reached out to me and said hey you know how would you like to come to our facility and i said yeah sure cool so I went, and they have an actual, they had back then, and this was unheard of back then, they had a malware creation lab. And I was like, why is Ross Perot creating malware? You know, it's just one just of those like things.
1: Why is, why is John McAfee installing, you know, McAfee antivirus across the entire government? Mm-hmm, exactly. You know, you know, and to make a really stupid correlation, why is it that just after John McAfee supposedly killed himself, a building fell in Florida? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I'm sure there's no correlation there, but it just, it makes you wonder, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot of
0: people out there and this, this kind of supports your argument is that, you know, when you look at everyday people in the U.S., I would have to say probably 90% of them walk around with blinders on as long as they can get to Starbucks in the morning and yep. stop at target on the way home, they don't give a fuck about what goes on and, and no. right there in their face
1: yeah you know. they don't and it, it but 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 here's the deal it, it's always been right there in front of their yeah. face yeah you know since the day we were born to the day we die it's going to be right there in front of our face without anybody knowing about it yeah you know um and security is security really should be the same way it should be right there in front of our face but be transparent enough that nobody knows about it but it's there to do the protection things you know and unfortunately trying to bring all of this back here you know we we as as information security people you know we try our hardest, but we're constantly fighting an uphill battle here. Oh, yeah. You know, the 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 big systemic change is going to come when uh, the baby boomers and the early Gen Xers start coming out of management, and the 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 late Gen Xers, uh, millennials, and and Z's or COVIDs, whatever you want to call <laughs> uh, the generations, actually start coming up. The ones that have that know the security, that know what needs to happen, they start influencing all of that. Uh, and as we have the generational shift over, we're going to see legal come back online with security. We're going to see law come back online and regulation come back online uh, with security. Uh, and you know, it just—it's it, interesting that we have to take the approach of wait for the next generation to actually fix what our what our you know previous generation fucked up. Yeah, you know? and but it's sad to be in that position. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's really really sad. You know, how many companies actually have board members that reach down into security that can sit down with a security engineer who's down in the weeds and understand what that person is doing to provide pr- protection profile for the business? You know, how many people down in security can reach up to the board? You know, it, Mike, it's almost like we need a goddamn boxing day between security and the freaking board you know, of every single company. It's almost like we need that, you know, that perspective is just so, so important that a lot of people don't get it.
0: Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of companies, especially in UK, that are a little more progressive and they put people like us on boards. You know, I I sit Mm -hmm. on the board of like two different companies, but again, they're cybersecurity companies and they know what they need to go Mm -hmm. forward. And so they look at people like you and me and, hey, we want those guys to tell us yeah. what to do here to help direct our, our movements. Um, but there are very few companies that are that progressive. They usually look there for are. somebody to guide the board who are venture capitalists or they have their hands in all different kinds of pots. Venture and, capitalists. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they, they want them on the board because they, they know the guys with the money and they're political. So they can get but shit But that's done. what
1: it comes down to money you know yeah yeah, you're right it all comes down to money are you making sales sales rules the roost If you're not making sales you can't run a business if you're not running a business you can't pay people it's it's a domino effect right so how do we how do we work with these businesses to say well you have to do sales and security and protect yourself with legal and understand your supply chain so that you can still make more like like it, it fractionally compounds and i know that's not the right word but you get what i'm saying
0: yeah, it reminds me of the, you know? uh, the, the ship, not Shipley's the uh, donut shop um, commercial where he says, you know, got to get up early, make more donuts, go to bed, get up in the morning, make more donuts. Yeah. Yeah. The same, same thing. And we yeah, always eating itself. Yeah. And it, we, we continue to see that. Um, one thing that, that I want to dive into as well is, is the mm-hmm. pen testing portion. Right. So, you know, the days of looking at a snapshot of a three or four day onsite, you know, or even external pen test. I think that's coming to an end. I think that's over. Um, I think we're getting into more of a, how can we be part of your team?
1: It is, and it is not. Mm -hmm. The is part of it coming to an end are for people that have been through pen tests. Mm. The is not is for people that have not been through pen tests. True, <laughs> true, true. You know? true. Like, like if you're stepping into a pen test for the first time and it is not a reoccurring pen test, you're doing it wrong, sit down, try again. Right. Right. If you can't flex your budget to be able to get quarterly pen tests going, even if it's for small pieces of the network, sit down, you're not doing it right, try again. Yeah. You know, uh, pen testing came along because of PCI. Yep. Right. It came along because of PCI. PCI is the reason that the pen test industry is what it is. And PCI and the PCI council, especially need to wake the fuck up. Right. In that the requirements that they are putting on these businesses are not fitting security standards. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And I am more than willing to say that to the council directly. Like I do not care what needs to happen is continuous pen testing, continuous monitoring, right? Almost Mm -hmm. like a SOC 2 continuous, right? Uh, Unfortunately, that has been talked about, but it's not been put into practice with the DSS, Mm -hmm. you know? So if we want to talk pen testing, you know, there are a couple of key markers that we need to look at. One, is it continuous, right? Because pen tests, remember, are only a single point in time. Is it Mm -hmm. continuous, right? Does it fit the systems that you need it to fit? Uh, have your systems been scoped correctly? And what a lot of companies will do is they'll try to say, well, our, our enclave uh, that is directed by the ROC, right, the rules of compliance, the enclave that we have defined as the one that is the that is holding the CDE or the cardholder data environment, right, uh, is only limited to these machines. Nope, sit down, you're, you're wrong. It needs to be the entire business front to back because you don't know if little Sally Sue in middle middle of Iowa that gets on her computer to check her email can access your CDE. Yep. Right. Uh, and it's more of a holistic approach too. It's not. It's not a. It's not a, We have to follow the uh, the 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 QSAC, right. you know, or the the or the, sorry the SAQD, uh, um, the self assessment questionnaire um you know it's it's we should be applying this across the entire enterprise number one number two if you are a company that handles credit card information in any way shape or form if you even dare to touch a credit card you're under pci mm-hmm. it doesn't matter whether you push it off to stripe or paypal or a third-party provider it does not matter you are under pci and that's the way that the dss is written but you know you look at companies that follow the DSS. And there's not a lot of them. No, you know, Sure, the, the big brands do, right? Um, but at the same token, you know, 60 to 70% of companies don't even have cyber insurance. So how in the hell can we ask them in any way, shape, or form to be able to pass or follow the PCI DSS? How can we do this? You know, and don't even get me started on cyber insurance. That's another three-hour monologue oh. because to me, it's a joke.
0: I've I've had to deal with cyber insurance for the past
1: couple months when it
0: comes to ransomware attacks, and I can tell you that it's a fucking nightmare. You it know, is. it is, with-
1: and it's so much of a nightmare that the the Did you know that that uh, 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 POTUS, president of the United States, the White House, you know, whatever you want to call them, um, <clears throat> they actually had a meeting with. Uh, insurance carriers and said cyber insurance carriers you need to start requiring compliance to get the insurance and that is a bad fucking idea yeah right um and the reason it is is because now we're going to see insurance carriers start to drive the information security market which (sighs) i I don't know about all that you know that's a bold move cotton let's see how far you get Mm -hmm. um i do i do subscribe to you must be this tall to ride this ride to get cyber insurance Right. Right. Do I agree that uh, insurance carriers need to be the ones driving the market? Oh, fuck. No, Mm, no. You know, they can't even get their hands around what they've got now. How are we going to give them the entire freaking market? Are you out of your mind?
0: Yeah, it's it's scary Um, how they operate.
1: Yeah. And, you know, in the same turn, uh, the White House also directed NIST to start coming up with uh, compliance regulations for private business. I'm over here like, motherfucker, are you stuck on stupid at this point? And I'm not saying that directed to the White House. I'm saying that in general because it's an exclamation for me. Are, right. are you stuck on stupid? Because we are having enough problems being able to enforce what we already have, let alone come up with brand new shit You know that we now have to turn around. You know The entire industry is sitting back saying, well, CMMC is supposed to be the white knight. Right. You know, it's supposed to save us. You know, it's, it's, it's what, 171 plus a little bit of ISO plus a little bit of 853 and a little bit of CSF in there, mm. right? CMMC... Uh, uh, has had a ton of problems getting out of the gate. They've tripped over their feet so so many damn times. It's not even funny, you know. Now I have proponents of of you know uh, of CMMC that are practitioners and are certified by the AB that are telling me no 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 no. It's actually gotten better. Mm. We haven't seen that. No no. And I mean, and it's going to take time. Go ahead.
0: When when the government gets involved in in making compliance decisions and and things like that, when it comes to technology, it's always been an epic failure from day one. You know,
1: I mean, it's going to be a train wreck. Yeah. You know, and that train wreck leads to hacktivism. It leads to activism. It leads to people fucking it up by the numbers. Right. You know, at DEF CON, you know, we have we have a big old saying called don't fuck it up. Yeah. You know at the end of the day, can you actually go home as an IT person or a security person or somebody who's watching this podcast and say to yourself systemically, did I fuck it up today?
0: Yep. You know, when you look at decisions that the that the government makes, you know, and putting mandates and compliances out to put things to perspective for those, for those of you who aren't techie, um, look at what's happening with the border in Texas, right? So, the government says you you must get vaccinated. Those who aren't getting vaccinated is causing all the problems. Uh, damn you, damn you, damn you. And in the same token, in the same breath, they're allowing 15,000 unvaccinated people into the US from the southern border. So think about that on a tech scale, and on a very expensive scale. Um, there's gonna be a lot of money lost and there's gonna be a lot of corruption because where there's money, there's corruption. And when I walk into a ransomware incident and the cyber insurance people show up. First of all, they're late as fuck every time, and mm-hmm. they come in hours late after every sh- everything's like destroyed. That is
1: if you got them to answer the answer phone. the phone,
0: yes, absolutely. And then when they come in, the first question is, "How much is ransom and who's contacted the threat actor?" I'm like, "Bro, mm-hmm. take a seat, shut the fuck up. We're this close to getting the systems back up. Yep. Relax. Yep. Let, let us yep. take this." But they're more concerned about well, how how much can we can we negotiate, and and, you know they're worried about paying, But if if we get into a habit of doing that every time there's a there's a ransomware incident, even though it could have only taken us two hours to get all the shit back up, but they're more worried Mm -hmm. about the ransom. If that continues, the ransomware problem is going to grow because they know that they're going to get paid. You know, and And
1: if companies did the basics of. Fucking basics of digital hygiene and backing your shit up and taking the backups offline. Yeah, you're gonna have this problem. Right. But but what's gonna happen is you'll have leaders that'll say, Well, I don't have the CapEx, OpEx or budget to be able to afford those machines. So you know what? Just deal with it. Right. Uh, what was it? I was looking on Twitter the other day, and I think it was off of Amelie Karan's uh uh uh, Twitter feed where she had posted up a conversation between a company and a threat actor. And the company basically told the threat actor, the only thing that's been violated is your mother, uh, which was absolutely brilliant. You know, throw it out, throw the keys away. We don't care. Fuck you. You know, Um, and we as we as practitioners should be doing the same thing, you know, like sit down, go away, you know, Um, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, businesses struggle with this kind of thing, you know, and a lot of it comes down to doing the basics. But there's another point here. And there's a point that we're missing and I'm going to make it right now. 90 what 94 95% of all hacks are social engineering. They're right. phishing, they're vishing, they are getting people to do shit they shouldn't be fucking doing. Right. Right. So as a security practitioner, uh, you should be taking the security awareness training that you raise your eyebrows at and mm-hmm. giving it to your family. As a C-level exec who is listening to, to this podcast, whether it's now or it's 10 years down the road, I do not care. Buy enough fucking licenses for your people mm-hmm. and your people's people. Because as much, oh, you want to know, you want to know what really grinds my gears, right? Um, <clears throat> we all have an aunt in Iowa that just sits back and looks at her email mm-hmm. and doesn't care whether they, whether they get hacked. On web TV, companies need to provide evergreen security awareness training to Mm. absolutely everybody in the family. The supply chain is one thing; the family chain and support and work chain is something completely different that no one is looking at. Yep, absolutely. No one, no one's looking at it,
0: and they they never have, and that's the problem. And when you look, when you look at you know people's families and how they need to be educated about cybersecurity during a pandemic companies should assume the responsibility of the families, because guess what? They're now part of your network. Yes.
1: Yes. You know, you know as a small business owner, when I have, when, when, when I have 25 people, you know, uh, doing work with me, nobody works for me. And that's very, very, very important distinction. No one works for me. Everybody works with me because it's a team environment at Red Lion. Um, when I have 25 people that are working with me, It's not just 25 people. It's more like 180. Yeah, for sure. Because you never know what a family member is going to do to one of the employees Mm -hmm. and turn them from a loyal employee to a raging asshole.
0: Yeah. That or the network. Now that the, you know, people are working from home Mm -hmm. that that same connection is part of your company's network. Even though there's a VPN between you and the office, Mm-hmm. everybody who who sits on your wi-fi they're now part of your company
1: yep yep and you're pointing something out here you're pointing out the 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 look of what are people going to do when they come when they bring their their laptops you know that are either company owned or byod when they bring their laptops back into the network but what nobody looks at is what is the company doing to those laptops when they take them home right yeah you know we've heard horror stories about Uh, uh, iPads and tablets and computers that have been given to students uh, uh, where the cameras have been turned on while they're at home. Mm -hmm. We don't want to deal with that. Don't do it. You know, sit down, go away. It's all sides of the issue need to be looked at. Yeah,
0: absolutely. There was an app that was just put out not too long ago and it was to help companies and supervisors maintain connection with the employee and basically ensure that they were working. And part of that application was being able to activate the camera. And I I was thinking, man, if, if I went to a company and they installed that on my system, not only would I take the laptop and break it in half and ship it back to them and tell them to go fuck off, but I would probably go after that company. Because I mean,
1: so there's a problem with that because then you'd be liable for the damage to the company owned device. uh If it is a company owned device, you don't want to work for the company. Guess what? Don't work for them. Right. But if it's a company owned device, you do want to work for the company. You do read through all of those papers that you sign when you first get into HR, you know.
0: Assuming, assuming they, yeah, assuming they added that into the paperwork because I've worked. And
1: if they didn't, then guess who's liable? It's not you exactly it's exactly. a company the company's yeah. open for lawsuit you know <laughs> you, you want to talk about something funny let's let's uh let's talk candidly about how hr is not there for the employee they're, they're they hr's primary job is to protect the business and if you think hr is your friend you're dead wrong yeah, exactly let's talk about that
0: yeah you know percent hundred percent you know
1: hr is not your friend mm-hmm. don't ever think it
0: yeah i've seen and that a lot if
1: you want to fight me on it you know where to find me i i don't hide
0: I, I, I find that a lot with different companies, you know, like, Oh yeah, you can, we have an open door policy, you know, come and tell us your problems. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of, it's sort of like the SS of the company, you know, you go in yes. and tell the SS, you know, uh, give them all your, your confessionals or whatever. And then the next thing you know, that person's shit can't walk out the
1: door. Come yeah. with me, children confess <laughs> your sins. You know, I, listen, listen, I, I understand that what I'm trying to talk about here and what I'm saying mm-hmm. is to Open people's eyes. Yep. Right. We get so in we get so into the rut that we don't have a chance to see above the above the shoulders. Mm -hmm. You know? So question absolutely everything. Yeah. When someone tells me back and and be a sheep. No. When
0: when someone tells me, why do I care if the government's listening in on my conversation? I'm not doing anything wrong. That's not the fucking point. The more people who allow that to happen, the more
1: it happens. You know, know, and we're supposed to be we're supposedly protected under Title 10 Mm. uh, uh, to keep the government from, you know, illegally spying. But but the
0: Patriot Act ruined that.
1: Well, you know, it depends on which country the spying is coming from, even if it is U.S. related. And that's all I'm going to say about that.
0: Yeah, very true. Very true. Yeah. So, uh, you know, where, where do you see? our industry in three years from now, because I I have mixed feelings about the direction we're going. I don't see our
1: industry anywhere. I'm going to tell you, we're going to have the exact same systemic issue. Uh, And the reason being is because there's been no advancements in the last God, how many years in information security, you know, everybody, everybody went to the gold rush and tried to enumerate and identify all the things. And there hasn't been any real, you know, there hasn't been any real change you know, we may have seen tools come out that are flashes in the pan. We may have seen, you know, blockchain AI, you know, all of this other uh, esoteric stuff that happens to be media buzzwords, you know, marketing buzzwords and buzzword bingo. We're not going to see any more advancements in the next three years, next five years that we might, we might start to see something change, but for the next three years, no.
0: I mean, look, know, at the, the business look at the It's
1: still going to be the same. It's going to be the same way that it, that it was back in uh, 1999. We might as well party like it's 1999. Bad joke, I know. But um, look at the Bluetooth nothing stack. Nothing can change. Yeah, look at the Bluetooth stack. Not, yeah. The Bluetooth protocol hasn't been changed drastically in how many years? Oh, dude, you want to hit a ramp button? Try going after SS7. Oh, God. Okay. SS7, for those of you who don't know, is what is the protocol that text messages and SMS messages write on. Yep. You know, that will never, ever, under any point, be ever secure, period, will not happen. Uh, you know, and so, you know, what we're telling people now is not just have two-factor authentication and get a code sent to you because no, fuck that, mm-hmm. right? Because we as, a, we as hackers, we can actually spoof that authentication mechanism and steal the code directly out of the air, you know? um what we're saying is get the apps on the phone and use the use the app like google authenticator app or LastPass app or some other app where the transmission of the code does not occur maybe even better get better yet get a yubi key oh yubi keys are badass bro i, no, I, live by I, yubi I literally key. have a yubi key coming in uh should be here friday um yeah. but get a yubi key yep. and start using hardware tokens
0: I, I live by YubiKey, you know? I live by YubiKey. And then uh, mm-hmm. for like cell phones, if you don't want people listening to your uh, conversations when you're not on the phone, like if your phone's just sitting idle, mic lock, plug it into the uh, the earphone jack, disables your microphone. Yep. Um, l- little things people can do to, to secure themselves, but a lot of people just, you know, again, they go back to that mode of thinking of, well, I'm not doing anything wrong, so why should I care? You
1: know, yeah, and that's if the, the cell phone has a three and a half millimeter. You know, they, uh, what is it? iPhone, iPhone, iPhone <laughs> you know, iPhone, like. <laughs> I, I iPhone, know. iPhone, fuck you, you get no headphones. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's funny because like back in the 60s and 70s, everybody valued their privacy and their, and their, and their, their anonymity. And it was peace, love, sex everywhere. And, you know, let's put flowers and guns. And we've traded all of that for something that we can carry in our pocket. Oh, what yeah. the fuck happened to us?
0: And it's, and it's more powerful than the first supercomputer.
1: It is. Yeah, it is. This damn thing can take us to the moon.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know? and, and I was talking to a retired CIA agent today. And we were talking about security and privacy. And he's surprisingly, he's a big privacy advocate. Um, and we were talking about the, the, I guess it's not a law, but it's more like a, a, a hidden mandate where if you're within 100 miles of a border, they can grab your electronic devices and go well, through your shit without a warrant. Yep. And he was
1: like, Yeah, you know, when, and they when put you, that towards national security.
0: Yeah. And he goes, When when you go to when you go to speak at ICE, you know, maybe you should question about this. And I was
1: like, Don't you know, take I, your phone, take yeah. a burner.
0: Yeah, exactly. I was thinking that that's a great yeah. idea, you know. But take I've I I had never heard of that until today. I was like, What the fuck? Really?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, dude, go out and do some research on the horror stories of people that are coming back into the country where their electronics have been taken and they've been oh. forced to open it. You know, uh, it just. So I did a reverse it, it, on
0: that. With, yeah, with, go ahead. I did a reverse on that with Bank of America. They, they sent me to a foreign country with devices to see how that country actually manipulates your shit. And I can tell you, when they walk away to check your device and it comes back, it's not the same.
1: No, it never will be. It never will be. There are tools out there like Cellbrite that will that will easily break in. Or there's an Oday that your current version, you know, hasn't been patched against, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of tools out there that, that can really fuck up your life for sure. And I mean, and some of those apps too, like Signal and some of the other apps, you know, have been big targets for law enforcement, government, as, as well
1: as hackers, Yep. you know? Yep. So, yep. Do not trust WhatsApp. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it out loud. <laughs> Do not trust WhatsApp. Do not trust Telegram. Uh, I, I personally, I'm a, I'm a huge, huge, huge proponent of Signal. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Only because it's not owned by Facebook mm-hmm what's <laughs> up what's up is you know yeah so you know do you really want somebody else reading your 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 email you know you have to remember that a, that a cloud computer is just somebody else's just computer yeah. yeah like come on man you're killing me here you know yeah. um but I wouldn't be surp- I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if somebody has whatsapp on their on their phone they don't have Facebook Messenger but yet they still get the the ads on Instagram about what they were talking about on whatsapp oh yeah
0: for real I mean so it would me not Tom, surprise me me and Tom Ryan were doing a talk in Westminster and we were talking about that specific issue of mm-hmm. your phone detecting what you're discussing and then pumping a bunch of ads so I have my phone in my pocket at Westminster and we're talking about Alexa. We're talking about all these different devices. When I get back on my phone, I have like tons of ads just of the shit that we talked about. And then the the Amazon comes out, oh, you know, the devices that we produce aren't always listening. Well, just recently, I think it was like a month ago, Amazon made public, hey, we've got this new feature where it listens to ambient sounds. And when there's a sound of a person walking into a room, we automatically turn on. I'm like, no, no, no. You've always had that. You're, know, just you're just making it public
1: coming yeah. Clean. yeah yeah well did you see what was it like 267 million dollar fine uh under the guise of gdpr against whatsapp for for their abuse of, of privacy yeah uh, in in terms of of like gdpr mm-hmm. you know uh G- we need more we need more stuff like gdpr to protect us you know unfortunately yeah. you know if 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 companies aren't going to get wise with the way things are done we, we need it mm-hmm. I, I don't you know, understand why. What?
0: Go ahead. Why? Why don't we have GDPR? I mean, usually the well, UK is we, one step we behind CCPA.
1: us. have here in the yeah. states. We have CCPA, and there are four other states that I that I know of right now that have privacy. Like Wisconsin has privacy, Vermont has privacy, New York has the NYDFS CRR five hundred, um, and that's sort of privacy, but it's privacy more towards New York State people. Um, you know what the fed is doing is they're leaving it up to the states to be able to figure out what privacy regulation needs to look like and then assemble it and what a lot of states are doing is they're saying well ccpa was was you know they passed so why don't we take that legislation and just like modify the shit out of it and make it for our state you know um is that the way to do things? I don't think so. I think we need more regulation up on the Fed for privacy at the very least. We have what? 15 states, 16 states that have the legislation in argument in the argument stage in the hammering stage right now, going mm-hmm. through both the House and the Senate of each state. Uh, you know, it's just we need to you know what? I'm going to say it right now. Privacy is an inalienable right and should be listed on the Bill of Rights along with the actions of how to protect privacy and what happens when privacy is overrun, period, end of story. It is an inalienable right to every human being to have privacy. Right, absolutely. If you're gonna expect us to live in a digital world where we're connected 24 seven, privacy needs to be in the Bill of Rights for every person across the globe, right? Especially in the US, but across the globe privacy needs to be the number one issue. Yeah, I
0: I totally agree because privacy is dictating a lot of the downfalls that we're looking at right now. And when, uh, you know, in in Alabama, I was speaking to somebody who works for a sheriff's department and they walked through the office and handed everybody this questionnaire. On that questionnaire, they want to know your social. They want to know your social media um, aliases, all that stuff. And now the, the cops on the street are not only asking for your license, they're also asking you for your Facebook profile, your social yep. media profile. Yep. And to, to think about yeah, that. But
1: remember, that's public. But hold on. Hold on. Public PI. forget it's public domain.
0: Yeah. Okay. Once it hits, yeah. Once it hits the internet, it's public domain. But here, here's the shit that, that, that bothers me is that, you know, when you look at Zuckerberg and you look at Facebook and how they become a political entity within itself, and then now they're opening up their platform, well, mm-hmm. not just now, it's always been this way to the government. It's mm-hmm. kind of fucking scary, you know? And now you have cops on the street collecting Dude, that data. Let me, yeah.
1: let me ask you a question. When, when, when did Facebook really go live? When did it really go mainstream live? I don't know, man. I, I, I didn't pay that much attention to it when it came out because so I hate here comes the idea. The conspiracy theory. I hope you're ready for this one. Sweet. Mate, um, go back and look at around 9 11 no shit go look do the research tell me i'm wrong wow
0: i I don't i don't doubt it at all i don't doubt it at all because 9-11 was the beginning of the end
1: of privacy truly well the beginning of the end of the privacy was actually before that with the patriot act yeah yeah Mm -hmm. but 9-11 i literally want somebody who's listening to this podcast to find me on twitter and dm me don't do don't do this in public dm me point blank and tell me i'm wrong and tell me why Yeah, the
0: Patriot Act and 9-11 itself was the end of human privacy in the US and globally in some places, depending on which which country and
1: all the countries, because you got to look at the reach of the five eyes.
0: Yeah. And then you you look at what Snowden did. And with Snowden, here's my theory on that. You know, I I think when he leaked that information, I'm like, we knew this shit already. You know, this is not news but for those people who you know go to Starbucks and Target and wear their capri pants and don't give a fuck that was big news to them they're like hey oh hey, hey
1: we we both wear capris okay <laughs> don't don't knock the capris until you try them no i'm, I'm joking i'm 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 completely joking or yoga pants
0: um, men's yoga pants
1: dude i keep waiting like i did you see the 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 outfits from space force holy shit i keep waiting for peter dinklich to come in and say i got my space pants on you know like oh, i'm waiting no. for that oh my god Um, it's almost like somebody got in and trolled a a space force with their marketing. Like, Oh, it's so funny. Um, But no, you're, you're, you're right. It was right around that time where privacy died, Yeah. you know, and everybody's completely okay with it. But we as security people were like, no, that's not okay. Yeah. You
0: know, it's become Um, a witch hunt. That's why They use the Patriot Act as a witch hunt. And, you know, even with hackers, what I find really strange and kind of like suspect is, me being vocal about my distrust for the government Mm -hmm. and some of my bad feelings and bad blood that I had with them. Um, Take that for instance. And then all of a sudden I have all these agencies wanting me to talk to them. And it's like, Mm -hmm. why all of a sudden this big push when, you know, five years ago, you wanted nothing to do with me. What's changed?
1: The guard, the guard has changed. Yeah. Like like the the junior people are now moving into senior roles mm -hmm. and they're being replaced by more junior people. So as this is what I was talking about earlier, Mike, as we see the generational change over and the generational shift, Mm -hmm. we're gonna see things change. I hope things change, but they stay the same. And it's just we can can the question is, can we stay at the pace that we're at? Right. Can we sustain the pace that we're at? And that's more of a rhetorical answer than anything else, a rhetorical question. Can we sustain it? Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, the most, the most dangerous person is the one who's the free thinker. Mm -hmm. The most dangerous person is the one who has done their homework. Absolutely. And the most dangerous person is the one who does not walk around with their eyes closed.
0: Yep. And that's what I tell people is that, you know, the reason why we end up on list by the government is because fear is a huge motivator. You know, when, when there is someone out there that could pose a threat that has more knowledge in a certain area than the government, what's the, the typical thing that they do? They
1: isolate them and put them on list. And to add to what you're saying, what have we done in, our, in, in the security industry? Yeah, pretty much the same thing. We have, we have FUD floating around the industry, right? And we call, yeah. it, we call it FUD, and that's fear, uncertainty, and doubt. F-E-D, right. right? So we use, God, our industry is an acronym soup. Um, <laughs> You know, we use fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And, you know, we do that to scare uh, uh, C-levels who don't know anything about security into, oh my God, the sky is falling. And that way we get budget moving. But realistically, what a lot of people in industry don't grasp is that compliance is the way to move a motherfucking budget, yep. right? You want a company to move, bring them under compliance. Mm-hmm. You know, you watch how fast they move if you say, well, we're out of SOC 2. Watch how much money they spend to, to get ISO so that they can, they can pump that into sales. You know, watch how much uh, they, they spend when uh, they get breached uh, and card data gets spilled. Yep. Watch, or, how, much wh- ha- watch how much you get sent, or watch how much you get spent.
0: Yep. Or watch how much oh. money they spend to get out of a compliance audit rather than, you know, going through it they'd rather pay the fine and those big companies that, you know, the fortune 500s, th- those are the ones you see, you know, they don't need a pen test because they have money. They can just throw it,
1: you know, getting out of it, get out of a fine. When a company gets bit by an insider, watch how much they spend. Oh yeah. You know, right? When a company gets bit by an executive who neglects a fiduciary duty, watch how much they spend. Yep.
0: And I mean, look at the way that they used us in the beginning of this whole security push in the industry, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you want to sell a product, a security product, bring along the Circus Sideshow Act to show them how bad that you can smash their network and do a demo. I mean, that's how I got into the industry to begin with was, well, we can take this guy and show them what he can do and and they'll buy our product. And I'm like, after a while, I felt like a circus act. I was like, fuck this. I don't want to do this anymore.
1: You know, we we talk about a lot of the bad. Let's talk a little bit about the good. Sure. Uh, if you do not know who Info Sister is, uh, a.k.a. Amanda Berlin, you need to go on Twitter and find her. Uh, Amanda heads up the mental health hackers. Uh, we all in this industry get beat up constantly. Yes. Right. We're constantly put down, knocked around, kicked, you know, if not by the people that we work for, then by our own peers, mm-hmm. you know peers can actually do more harm than people that we work for. Mm. Right. Uh, But mental health hackers is an option. If you are hearing this and you're sitting, you're saying to yourself, you know, I'm really struggling right now. Reach out to Amanda, see what Amanda says. You know, she may be able to point you in the correct direction to get either some institutional help or know somebody that's been there that has been able to weather the storm, you know, uh, and, and get, get you help. You know, at the end of the day, we're all just bags of protein and juice yeah. and bad <laughs> attitudes know? and bad attitudes, uh, that need to get adjusted. You know, it's like going to the chiropractor to get all your bones cracked, you know, um, getting the mind cracked as well and set back and, and adjusted is something that we all need to pay attention to. You know, if you don't know who Johnny Long is, and we were talking about him earlier oh, with, uh, uh, um, Hackers for Charity, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, uh, the resource that just passed was invaluable to that entire organization and they need help right now. They need fucking help. Yeah. and look Reach you, out go- to Hackers for Charity and, and volunteer your time and help them. You know, like these are people that are doing good stuff uh, mm-hmm. in this community, you know, and Johnny's been doing but, that for years,
0: and- man. Johnny's been doing that for years. L- look at Dude. all of the technology he brought into places in Africa, bro. Like, Being
1: able to take AK-47s out of kids' hands and put computers there and in, in 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 replace, it's epic, but dude, it's it's been the warmest of warm feelings to hear him talk about the updates and what he's done and mm-hmm. you know what HFC has done for nonprofits. You mm-hmm. know, and and if you are a part of a nonprofit that is that that needs information security skills, go hook up with a, with HFC, right? Hackers yes. for Charity. They'll That's be awesome. able to place you with the right people. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are other people in this industry that are absolute pillars uh and absolute rocks that have struggled just like we have just like other people are struggling you know these pillars are well weathered Mm -hmm. you know like they've been through all of the bullshit they they know how to handle this you know um you know like I recently had some adversity in my life that I had to deal with. And I had to reach out to people because I found myself in a dark place, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking dark thoughts, you know, and for me personally, it was not, it was not normal for me to be there. And through working with uh, people, working through uh, uh, situations, you know, I've been able to really recover. A lot of what's going on and including myself, you know, like yesterday, I'll tell you point blank yesterday, I went from 7am to 2am nonstop. And it was the best feeling that I had had in a very, very long time, just to be able to start cranking through work and cranking through clients and start really affecting things across the board. And then today, nice and quiet, like the storm had passed, right? tomorrow i've got another storm brewing and i'm not worried about that until tomorrow right now you know i want to make sure that i'm giving you and whoever your listeners are right the best look at don't be a sheep that i can okay. possibly give you know yep. so uh you know if you if you know of uh people that need help reach out you know 100%. don't be sheep reach out make the make the first contact because you never know uh, what a, a simple hello, what kind of effect that has on, on people?
0: Yeah, man, I mean, yeah. I came back from uh, England and was in a really dark place because, you know, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, I was back in a the country that didn't want me here. Um, and a friend of mine reached out. I didn't know him at the time. I had just met him on LinkedIn, reached out and, and gave me like some hope, right? And talked to me every day. And He messaged me. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how are you doing? And just to check on me um and unfortunately we lost him last christmas
1: i'm
0: sorry um, to you know things got rough for him and he couldn't reach out himself um and i you know i felt bad because i felt like i owed it to him but i had really had no idea you know so if if you're in that place do make it apparent to somebody do talk to somebody because not everybody can can read those cues and if, if if you're struggling you need to let somebody know because I've lost so many people just over the past year um, to that same issue. You know, we, yep. we, bur- we burn bright, but we burn quick, you know, and yep. the faster we move, the dimmer the light gets. So, you know, take that time and, and break away from the computer and, and, you know, like I did go fly fishing and fall off rocks and, and hurt yourself, you know, at least right. it lets you, at least it lets you know, you're still human, right? Um, right. You're going to
1: go, you're going to go rip rap on the rip rap.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. But it, it's good. It's good shit to to break away and to uh, you know open your mind to other things too, like meditation and, and uh, you know I, I know that sounds hippie ish, but I, I live by it. You know, it's it's good shit.
1: Well, I think it's safe to say that if you're listening to this uh, podcast, you're listening to this episode, and you have feelings of self doubt and denial, it's not just a river, uh, and you know the feeling of self worth, and you're having issues. You know, you can totally reach out to 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 me. Uh, I'm I, Mike. I can't. I'm not. I can't, and I'm not going to speak for you. Uh, as but well. you can totally reach out to me, and I will try my best to be able to get you to somebody that can help. Hundred
0: percent. Okay. I'm right. I'm right there with you on that one. Um, okay. So, Scott, man, I appreciate you
1: coming on the show, brother. Yeah, thanks it's, for having. Me. It's it's been really great uh we'll have to do yeah, i'm just glad we didn't talk about sh- shvetty balls okay i mean <laughs> <laughs> you know to to borrow it from snl you know like yeah. oh yeah we'll definitely have to do some more stuff together and
0: maybe collaborate yeah. on some projects because i think that uh we have good chemistry and i think that you know we could make some changes i think it's good
1: i have earth shattering changes coming on the horizon for me so awesome. i am i am trey trey excited um you know, and it's, it's, uh, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to try some things. We're going to fail at some things and succeed at others and see where the spaghetti sticks to the wall. But no, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure for having me on. Um, you know, dude, any, any chance that we ever get it, you know, we ever get together and actually sit down and start talking about problems and stuff and start diagnosing issues, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's always a fun time, you know? Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I like being the one to help diagnose and not the one creating the issue.
1: So it's a right. change for me. it's a change for me. So well, we do that. We do a lot of that. Um, I, I I know you're starting to wrap up and everything, but uh, we do a lot of that on Clubhouse as well. Oh right? yes. So the if you're if this is the first time you're hearing about it, go out to your uh, app store, whether it's iPhone, Android, or or whatever uh, OS that you use, uh, and take a look for Clubhouse. Clubhouse is drop-in audio chat. Uh, And there are a lot of really, really great security rooms on Clubhouse that you really need to get engaged with. Like uh, Mondays, Monday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, we do backdoors and breaches on Clubhouse, right? So instead of talking about the esoteric BS that we're always trying to diagnose the perpetual crap hole that we deal with in information security, we actually look at how do you stop the cyber kill chain? Right? How do you do that identification in that process? What is the tabletop exercise? And when you get 30 people in a room, regardless of age, color, race, religion, or who the hell they work for, working together to try to win a game, it is absolutely beautiful. You should absolutely try it out. Um, you know, and then personally, like I'm starting up you know, like a bedtime stories on Friday nights at, at, at 11, you know, just to get our brains off of huh, security. sit back and, and, and and read stuff. So if you have a fear of public speaking, you can come and bring a book and start reading excerpts from the book and work on your public speaking. You know, we, as podcast people, Mm -hmm. we've really been able to hone the skill of, of being able to get the point across, right. And being able to take those dramatic pauses and knowing when to move and you know how far away from the microphone we have to be. Like we've been able to really hone that skill, but I want to be able to give that opportunity to somebody else. You know, plus at the same time, you know, <laughs> open up with "Go the fuck to sleep." I mean, let's be honest, that's just straight up fun. Yeah,
0: yeah. the the uh, the, the game is a lot of fun, especially if you're the uh, insider threat, the unknown insider threat. That's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so, where can people find you on social media?
1: Sure. Uh, On Twitter, I am Casper CSP three R on Instagram. I'm Casper underscore official Uh, on clubhouse. I am Casper uh, CSP three R. Uh, And uh, if you know how to find me on signal, then you know how to find me on signal. Uh, You know, other than that, you know, you'll see me tooling around on some social media, but it's not going to be like long haul stuff, you know? So yeah, um, you know, I don't, I don't hide. I'm here. You know, if you want to chat, I'm here. If you want to, if you want to yell at me, I'd ask that you do it respectfully in DM. You know, uh, and that way we can go point counter point and really try to try to change each other's minds. You yeah, know, that's,
0: be productive, people. Yeah. Be productive. All yeah. right, Scott, I appreciate it. And uh, for those of you listening, this is episode zero six six. And uh, we will see you next Saturday, maybe this Saturday too. I don't know. I'm doing so many podcasts now. I've forgotten what my schedule is, but thanks. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Adios.